Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good thing is about you, Perry, is that you're a, you're a radio pro as well, so I don't need to tell you all the boring stuff about using the mic properly. No, no, so you just talk it that way, don't you? Yeah, so you can right. hear yourself when you want it, yeah. Yep, sorted. Joining me on today's episode of Ramble Meets is Perry Groves, notching up the best part of 400 appearances in a professional career spanning some 12 years. He is well known for being a part of the Arsenal team that won two league titles under George Graham and was always something of a cult hero at Highbury due to his exciting wing play and cheeky demeanour. Uh, his career was cut short cruelly by two serious injuries to his Achilles tendon and he retired from the game at just 28 years of age. Of his signing for Arsenal at the age of 21, he said, When people say it was a dream to play for the club they supported as a boy, for me it was real. It went way back with my family. They were my club. Welcome, Perry Groves. How you doing? How's that? Uh, actually, that sounds like I was quite a good player. <laughs> you should be my agent. <laughs> Perry Groves, Arsenal's second greatest Ginga player ever. Alan Ball was the first. Ray Parler doesn't count. He was a Ginga in denial. Perry, I wonder if um, if you're a 16 year old boy coming through now, um, knowing what you know about yourself, your skill set, and what you what you got up to as a player, um, do you think you'd have had the wherewithal to make it in the modern game today? Uh, yes, uh, and the reason I say that is because I had an innate desire to be a professional footballer. Um, obviously, the lads now, the young lads coming through. Um, I think a lot of them want to be professional footballers because of the fame and the money, not necessarily because they're really in love with football. And mm. when I was playing, um, I can remember watching Match of the Day, which 
um, as a kid, that's the only time you saw yeah. football, really. Live football was only FA Cup final or England internationals. Yeah. And watching match of the day, when my dad used to let me stay up, uh, I used to watch, I think it was Kojak or it was, um, that's one for the teenagers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, not even I remember or that. Or Petrocelli or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, watching match of the day. I had no idea that the players that I was watching on telly got paid to play football. Right. Because when you're a kid, mm. you don't think about that. Mm. You just think about mm. you're playing for your school team, you're playing for your Sunday team. And I wanted to be them playing football on the telly because they were playing at the top level. Yeah. You know, the money thing doesn't didn't really come into it at all. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of uh, younger players today and even parents, without getting too serious, I think they see uh, the money and the fame and the profile more than just with the love of playing football. So um, I'm not, I don't know what level I'd have got to um, because obviously when I was playing, for instance, to get to play for Arsenal, you had to be... Uh, as an apprentice, probably one of the best players in around London and mm. maybe in the country. Now, to get to be a YHS or whatever, you've probably got to be one of the best young players in Europe, mm. maybe. So mm. the, the level um, uh, might have, I might, I'd like to think I would, but I might not have got to the Arsenal's level, but I'd have definitely been a professional footballer because my desire was uh, so big. Mm. Um, then if you've got a little bit of ability, then you've got half a chance. And you've spoken quite self-deprecatingly about the fact that you were the runner, the busy guy, the kind of the try-harder in the team um, when compared to some of your Arsenal teammates. But I mean, how much of that is self-deprecation and how much of that do, do, do you truly believe? Um, I never really, I've not been taught to uh, talk myself up basically because mm. my dad was always, I think he said, and my dad was my biggest fan when I was playing football, mm. uh, biggest critic yeah, best coach that mm. I'd have as a kid because mm. he knew football inside out. I think from when I was six to probably sixteen, he missed two games. Wow! Um, and he was a long distance lorry driver. Used to get his job so that he knew he could drop him off and get back early, whether it's school football, whether it's Sunday football, county mm. football. I think he said "well played" or "well done" twice. Right in 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 the ten years. So because right. um, he was always making me strive to be better and, and, and you know um, and improve. Um, and it's a weird thing. I don't think it's self-deprecating. I think it's just being honest and just knowing what your strengths and what your job is. Because when I first started playing football as a kid, I was the best player in my school, best player in the Sunday team, best player in, in the league. I was a centre midfield player. Mm. I was someone who used to spray the ball around and mm. had decent vision, uh, you know, decent uh, technique, used to score some goals. So I made my name of being a controlling centre midfield player as a young kid. And we talked talk about Wolverhampton Wanderers lately as yeah. you know, an apprentice or whatever. Yeah. But then what happened when I played for Culture's first team and made my debut as a centre midfield player against Bournemouth, a new manager come in, Cyril Lee, and he was more uh, the old Route 1, the old eight, 80s, you know, get it forward, get it in the And this is in the old fourth division? On the old fourth division, muck and nettles, where yeah. you, you had the null pros coming in and just booting you everywhere, basically, especially right. if it was a young player coming in. I mean, how, bad, how bad was it at that, at that time? It was pretty... When I look back now, and I, I look at... Uh, some of the games uh, on BT Sport, you see some of the old clips. Or whatever. Yeah. That's like murder ball compared to what it is now. Yeah. And some of the fouls and things that are going on and players just get up and get on with it. And yeah. um, So that was a good grounding. But then when Cyril Louis came in, and I was very quick, even though I was a semi-field player, I was always the quickest in whatever squad it was. Mm. But when you're playing semi-field, you use it sporadically, Left, you use it a yeah. little bit. So, yeah. And then he, he said, you're going to play on the wing, on the right wing. And I, I thought, I've never been a right winger. Ever, yeah. Not ever. Yeah. And then I had to learn that 
Um, and then he didn't rate me at all. And then I just thought, I played for myself. I've got to be honest, I played for myself. Right. Um, so that was me being a very quick winger. Uh, and then learning, again, learning how to take people on. When you're playing centre midfield, you're you're a passer, you're a lender sort of thing. Sure. So I learned that and then made my name at Colchester with uh, another ginger lad called Tony Adcock who was scoring bundles of goals. He scored lots of goals, didn't he? Yeah. And, uh, everybody was, one season, yeah, yeah, everybody was kind of watching him. Ended um, up at Man City, did he? Yeah. He, yeah. Um, he scored a hat-trick against Huddersfield. Man City won 10-1 and he got a hat-trick right. with one of the three players who got three goals. Right. right. But t- t- Tony Adcock was better Probably better technically than me and a brilliant finisher. Mm. But everybody's kind of, he was scoring bundles of goals. Everybody's kind of watching him on a Friday night. Mm. So we were lucky at Colchester because um, all the scouts were there mm. to get their expenses or they'd bring their mistresses with them. Like that was their, <laughs> like their weekend away. <laughs> right, okay. um, what to Colchester? Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's just a, just a weekend away. And yeah. on a Friday night, I've got to go work, love. You know, okay, so right. you think, oh, who's that? Well, yeah. no. Then you see him on the Saturday with someone else. Right, okay. Funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> But then it was packed. Our, our director's box, a little small little director's box culture, was because of Tony. And then I started playing. Was absolutely packed right. with scouts trying right. to get uncut diamonds from the lower league. That doesn't happen as much mm. as what it used to. I think it's just cu- starting to come back in again now. Yeah, yeah. With the likes of Deli Ali obviously oh, coming from the yeah. exactly. Aaron yeah. Jordan Pickford going out on loan and whatever. Wasn't he? So, yeah. but, um, so let's let's go, let's go back to you to signing your first because you mentioned um, Wolves there. You had an unsuccessful trial at Wolves as a no. Su- it was a successful trial, right. but I went up at fourteen, um, and in the old days it was schoolboy forms. Mm. And if you sign a schoolboy form, you had cute. By the way, in your local area, you, you had kudos. You yeah, had, okay, especially as well. And that sounds really. I, I grew up in Great Cornard in Sudbury in Suffolk, which is Gainsborough country. Mm. Wolverhampton Wanderers is another stratus Wolves is another yeah. stratosphere where it's like five hours away. Well, how did that come about in the first My, place? Again, old school stuff. My best mate, Warren Brown, his dad, Mick Brown, who was one of our managers, uh, one of my uh, football managers, learned everything out of books. You know, the old Charles Hughes, like coaching manual, yes. like, never played football, but had these random ideas. He used to write away for players that he felt were pretty good. He'd write away to get a trial. And he he wrote to I think he wrote to Nottingham Forest to Wolves Ipswich all the East Anglian clubs South End Peterborough mm. Colchester and there was a player who was one of my heroes called Andy Lovelace who played for Cornard Dynamos under 14s 15s he then got an apprenticeship at Colchester United which is the first person ever around our area right had got his first rung yeah. you know what I mean yeah and he looked like David Bowie he was right. tall and I think I had a bit of a man crush on him really yeah. even as a boy you know what I mean when yeah. you're 10, 11, the 15 year olds mm. are the, are so the you men. looked up to him. You, you oh, he yeah. was like a, a huge um, idol of mine. Yeah. And then you think, wow, someone's gone to a professional football club. If yeah. he can do it, then I can. Yeah. So Mick Brown wrote away to all the clubs and I got a trial at, at Wolves. And um, I can remember dad, like to this day. So Wolves is like a million miles away from <laughs> yeah. where we are. So, he's, so he got a, a, he was delivering kitchen. Uh, cabinets at the time hmm. and um, so he got a, a drop off in the Midlands so he could take I had a trial on a Tuesday I think so hmm. I was sleeping in the back of the back of the lorry just having a kit went up for a trial and you were 14 or 14 yeah what went, did you think about this as a kid can you remember oh, how you felt? oh the, the excitement Were you and, nervous uh, yeah I, I don't believe anybody I still get nervous uh, before I go on out for talk sport you know like that. Yeah. I used to get nervous before every game and I I think if you don't get nervous there's something care. wrong yeah. exactly because yeah. it's not worry nerves it's excitement it's yeah. you're worrying about your performance performance for your team do you know yeah. what I mean and then when you play at a high level you've got 60,000 people whatever yeah but I, it, was, it was that butterfly feeling in your stomach yeah and driving away it took us about I don't know 
five, six hours to get up there or whatever. And then had a trial, went really well. And then um, they invite me back for another trial for two weeks because you're in mm. school holidays. So yeah. you got up and, and I remember thinking, oh, great, my dad would take me up. Mm. And, he, and he took me to Sudbury train station and he went, there you go, boy, see you later. And right. I'm like, well, you're going to take me up? He went, Phew. he said, this is a 14, right? And I've never been to London on my own. He went, you want to be a footballer, sunshine? He said, you got to grow up pretty quickly. You you got to be independent. Wow! So I got the train from remember the journey Sudbury to Marks Tay, Marks Tay into London Liverpool Street, Liverpool Street across London to Euston, yeah. Euston up to the Birmingham train, which took you to Wolverhampton. Like Blimey. And I'm like, what what, what do I do here? And I yeah. like I hadn't been on the tube really. I'm a yeah. London boy, born in Bow, but moved yeah. out. So. Sure. And he went, where you go? Get on with it. And it was like part of growing up. Okay. So what happened then? So they, I went up for the two week trial. They really liked me. They offered me schoolboy forms. I believe um, you made it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I, I sort of bottled out a little bit. I didn't do the trial. I got on a cab. I just thought, oh, well, you take me from like Liverpool Street to Did you? Okay. Houston. Yeah. Just took the easy way out. I'm okay. notoriously lazy. So okay. <laughs> got there, went well. Um, the manager at the time was John Barnwell and he'd played with my dad's uncle Vic Groves for yeah. Arsenal mm-hmm. so he was interested in the he, he said like t- I've talked to the manager as well like John mm-hmm. Jarman was the youth team manager um, and I remember signing they offered me schoolboy forms and I thought this is incredible it mm-hmm. gives you a, a real uh, sort of buzz like a of your, your kudos goes up mm-hmm. you think I'm going back and it's very um cosmopolitan would be the word it's very uh, sort of exotic out, exotic yeah, yeah because yeah. Me playing in local football, and then you mm. keep that's Perry Grimes. He's a he, he plays for Wolverhampton Wanderers. He's a schoolboy, yeah. and yeah. it that that were you loving it? Loved it, absolutely loved it because mm. you have to. I think when you play on the pitch, not off the pitch, when you play on the pitch, you have to have an ego. Yeah, you have to think you're better. Yeah, not delusionally better than everybody else, but you you know you have to carry yourself. Of and that gave me another little lift above everybody else. So how did you how did you end up, wind up at Colchester United then? They got, I remember, went up to Wolves all the school holidays and whatever, and then they send you a letter to tell you where you're going to be an apprentice. Mm-hmm. And you apprentice, you sign like 16 to 18, basically mm-hmm. you do the boots, the stand, sweep, everything. The all the stuff rooms. they don't do now. Exactly, which they should do. No, no, they should do it because yeah. that gives you a rights of passage. You should yeah. be doing it. And um, remember the letter coming through, they obviously uh, through the letterbox, and me just reading it, it had the Wolverhampton Wanderers little wolf like yeah. headed on the on the envelope. Hey. Yeah. And I didn't open it for two hours, for two, two and a half hours, because I knew that my future was in that, yeah. that letter. She's such a young and man as well, young boy, 16, really. 16, yeah. my hopes and dreams. Yeah. And I remember reading it, and I can remember opening it, and uh, the first lines were, Dear Perry, um, due to financial constraints, we are sorry to inform you, we will not be offering you an apprenticeship at Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. Mm. Good luck with your basic red, you're useless ginger, whatever. That's a nice way of putting it. Like, right, right. first time I've had any rejection at yeah. all. Like, because best player in the team, best player in the school team, best player in the county. Did you, feel like, did you feel like you knew it was coming or were you surprised? No, or surprised because yeah. I still thought when I was going up there, I still thought I was the, the best player or one of the four or five best players that I was going to take on. And I remember, I'm not particularly emotional because if my dad's an old East End, like, you don't cry, son, it's a sign of weakness. Right, that's right. Stuff. I remember having a cry and I thought, my life's done, I'm done. My, I'm, that's, I'm never going to be a footballer, I'm finished. Um, Do you think that affected you long term? No, um, because again, because of my dad, uh, and he, even though like an old end, East End sort of tough like man, he came back, he'd been working, come back, and like he'd seen, I was like, he said, what's the matter with you, boy? And he always got... 
I don't think you remember my name, even though I was only child. It's always boy, boy. Yeah. Said, no, my name's Perry Dad. Sorry, <laughs> you so, named me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was going to be Pernell, by the way. So I got, I got away with one. When people Pernell. go, what's Perry about? I go, it was a, an actor called Pernell Roberts in the 50s. Yeah. So Great I, boxer as well, Pernell Whitaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, right. My mum said, no, I got my mum to thank for that. Really? So I got away like anyway. So, you so went he, the third great Pernell. Yeah. So he went, so what's the matter? I went, uh, they've told me I'm not going to be football dad. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm my dreams. I'm shattered. I'm like, mm. He went, so what are you on about? And he, he went, he said, uh, he said, there's 92 clubs in the country. Mm. He said, there's another 91. He went, mm. it was just very matter of fact. He went, he said, it's their opinion. He mm. said, it's one person's opinion. And he went, I'm not having this. He said, if you think that you can be a footballer and you have the desire and the heart, right, and the fight to be a footballer, I know that you can. It's the first time I'd ever heard him rate me, but I said, I know you can. He said, but it's no good me thinking it. You have to think it. Mm. You have to have the desire. Mm. He said, if you've got the desire, I will take you round every one of the other 91 clubs on trial. Mm. He said, but if you haven't and you're, you know, you're a bit flaky about it, let's not bother. Yeah. And I went... No, I have that. I got. I want to be a footballer. He went right, so I went on trials again. Just went on trials all around. Mm-hmm. Went to Peterborough, uh, went to Luton, went to Norwich, went to Ipswich. Uh, obviously, Coach United knew about me because I was a Wolverhampton Wanderers yeah. schoolboy in the yeah. fourth division. Yeah, Peterborough were going to sign me. Uh, Graham Scarf was their um, youth team manager at the time. Went trial there, playing centre midfield. He really rated me. Played against Spurs at their old training ground when. Um, they had a really good... T- Carl Hodder was playing in the city. They had a really good youth team at the time. Mm. We beat them 5-1 and I, I played really, really well. And mm. Graham Scarf went, got to sign him straight. And Peterborough in the old force as well. Mm. Went up to sign on the Tuesday after the game on the Saturday at Spurs' training ground and um, played in a reserve team game. Peter Morris was the manager and uh, I thought I was going to his office to sign apprentice forms. I thought, that's it, I'm the first step on a ladder. You're done, yeah. Played, went in the office. So my dad came in with me and Graham Scarf was there and he didn't look, you know, when you see someone, just their face ain't great yeah. and you just think, it's a bit strange. Yeah. So um, he said, uh, Perry, the, the manager wants to have a word with which is Peter Morris, the first team manager. Yeah. And he said, I've just look at, had a look at his son. He said, um, I'm looking and he said, you're not better than what we've got. He said, Tim, there's a bloke called Timmy. I hate the name Timmy. <laughs> to this day. So weak. I hate the name Timmy anyway. <laughs> um, Tim is next year. He said, he's better than you, right? And I'm, I'm quite, I went, He's 22. Yeah. And I, he was a pro at 22, right? Yeah. And I said, I'm 16. Yeah. And you're saying I'm not better than him. I said, well, I wouldn't expect to be. Anyway, so he went, and in the end, from behind me, my dad just come flying over the desk, grabbed Peter Morris by the throat <laughs> and pinned him up against the wall and went, for, just went, just went for him. He said, you bought, you said, what you just said, obviously, expletives. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was there thinking, that's not the way twin hearts and minds down. I'm like, it's not happening. <laughs> so, and they said, no. You're dumb. So you must have had an incredible amount of resilience at, for such a young age by this point. You dealt with knockbacks. You, you've been to different places and they not wanted to sign yeah. you. And, and uh, for people listening, I mean, I, I'm 38 now. And I, I, at 16, I was just a kid. I couldn't make any decision about anything. But you had to develop this amazing resilience. Yeah, I'd, I think it was, again, from my dad, who's my biggest influence. So you mm. probably is coming across now, yeah. the biggest influence on my career. 90% of it was positive. There's like 10% was negative because with my two boys... I did give them praise when they deserved it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? You, yeah. you can't just keep saying, right. No. But I wanted to prove my dad, I must admit, but I wanted my dad's approval. I wanted his, do you know what I mean? I mm. craved his approval. I craved a well done. So yeah. that probably spurred me on a little bit. Mm. Um, and yeah, then the, the, the knockbacks, which I say, I've got two boys that, 10 boys, Lewis is 29 now, Drew's 27. But even when they were growing up, 
what I always kept in my head is there's no such thing as failure. It's not succeeding the first time because mm. I don't know. I've no well, I don't know anybody who's been successful in anything where things haven't gone right from at a certain period of their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah, if you course. say David Beckham, they like said he was too small, didn't they, when he was yeah. like 34. So, and it's the way you react to, in inverted commas, fate. it's what, because it comes, it's the people who succeed, just mm. go, right, no, I'm just going to try harder, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to be yeah. better. Mm. The people go, oh, I've had one little knock back there. And yeah. They're the ones that fall by the wayside. Mm. And I didn't want to be one of them. So, so you wound up at Col- Colchester yeah. and you... You played there for quite a long time, really. I was five. I made my debut at 16, um, which got me a Vauxhall Viva. So I thought, hello, again. Did you really? Did. Yeah, <laughs> my dad. Again, he used to put these little things. And I can remember going to coach. <laughs> I must have been such a flash little Herbert because I remember signing for Coach United in the, in the Evening Gazette, which was the coach, the local paper. Yeah. And, um, what year was this, Barry? This was 81. Okay. So I was uh, 16. Yeah. And um, so there's a picture of me with a broom. With them, you get your apprentice kit, so you don't have the same kit as the pros, quite rightly, because you yeah. haven't earned the right to it. Yeah. And I was number twenty-two was my apprentice number. Yeah. And they interviewed me and they said, "What are you, you know, what are your hopes, aspirations?" So normally you'd say, "Well, I can't, you know, can't wait to play in the reserves and play with all these like uh, brilliant players we've got, like Steve Wignall, Mickey Cook, Steve Leslie." And do you look up to these like players at the time? Uh, yeah, because they're in the team. Roger yeah. Osborne, who'd scored the winning goal for. Ipswich in the cup final in 1978, yeah. he was playing centre midfield. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to play. I said, um, and they said, well, what? I said, well, I, I should be, I expect to be in the first team by December. Really? <laughs> right? so, and you think if someone <laughs> was advising you, go, no, 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 don't Did say that. Did you get hammered for something? Oh, no, the, the senior pros, it was in the paper the next day. So I've gone in and I can hear Steve Wignall, like proper old senior <laughs> pros, Mickey Cook, who played five, six hundred, Steve Leslie, who's centre midfield player. Ooh, the, I can hear him like that little... Ginger, who's he think he is? Yeah. And the next training session, I got booted everywhere. It's like, don't come in here, sunshine, and think you're going to take my job. Change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but just looking back, you think, if I'd have had an, a manager agent, no, 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 don't say that. Mm. So I said, um, start playing off well in reserve. This is my dad, like in my in my ear, 16, playing in the reserves, because um, you either, if you was an apprentice, played in the youth team or the reserves, and then it was first team. So mm. you only, you only want, if you're only good, you're only one step away. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't play in the youth team because my performances were, were good. So I was playing in the reserves. Yeah. And of all the pros who weren't playing in the first team, yeah. playing really well. And it got to about November time. I remember dad come watch me play. And he said, um, he said, what's Bob Roberts, the manager? What's he said to you about um, playing the first team? I went, well, nothing. Ray Bunkle was a very good coach. He used to coach me every afternoon. So, mm. you know, it's people along the way who, who help you. Yeah. So I used to go back every afternoon. I was the worst apprentice ever, was rubbish at my jobs, was mm. hiding all the time, going to kick the ball up against the wall over the far side. Mm. It's called sporting you. And always getting fined, always sent to the manager. You just didn't want to do the jobs? No. I, I, my point was, no, I don't want to be the best dressing room sweeper in, like, <laughs> in coach. Do you know what I mean? I no. don't want to be the best boot cleaner. I want to be yeah. the best footballer. Yeah. And I was on 17 quid a week there as apprentice wages and I was always getting fined a quid, two quid right. for not doing my jobs properly. Yeah. And Bobby Roberts was the manager going, oh, not you again. Albert Danzi, the old kit man and Tom Chaney, the groundsman were more yeah. moaning about me. Right. And I was staying with Tom in Diggs, the groundsman. He used to go and bubble me all the flipping time to the manager. <laughs> get fined. He said, you get in and get in, see Bob Roberts and say, why ain't the first team? Well, I'm 16, by the way. And Bobby Roberts, <laughs> <laughs> it's this Glaswegian, Scottish, quite no, but very good. We used to play for Leicester. Very good player. But a brilliant hard man. coach. Hard man, but a brilliant coach. Bro. Yeah. So I should go, and he go, is it? So it's, it's Barry. <laughs> what do you want? Come in. So I sat down, he said, hey, what do you want? And I yeah. just went, um, just thinking, I've been watching the first team play, and 
keep giving the ball away a bit too much and I'm playing reserve playing real wine in the first team. And he went back, he's like, what did you, like, what? <laughs> so why aren't I playing? He went, because you ain't good enough. I went, oh, yeah, I am, I'm better than them. Why aren't I playing? Get out of my office, right? So this went on. My How dad, many times did you do that? Uh, I reckon once a month, honestly. <laughs> from I'd only been, only signed in September. Yeah. And just knocking on the door. And in the end, I think my dad kept saying to me, you're better than them. Get yourself in there. Right, and uh, Ray Bunkle was that. So I got a bit of a vibe, and then I remember a lad called Andy Goody, who I'd played for Riverside Wanderers in the under sixteen with. He was like a man boy, you know, someone right. who's like fifteen but mm. really twenty eight. Yeah, there was a lot of injuries, <laughs> and he was put on the bench before. Harry Chestnut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and a little moped when he. Some of the videos of you, and when you're in your late twenties, you don't look. You look no, young still. Like like Bross's younger brother. <laughs> yeah, I? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not quite as good looking, obviously. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so. There was a load of injuries. I remember Andy Goody, I'm thinking, I'm going to be on the bench. Mm. And I wasn't, he was. There was only one sub back in those days. Yeah. And he was a little bit older than me. And I was raging, absolutely not disappointed. I was raging thinking, I've been better than him. And why aren't I on the bench? Mm. Next morning. So yeah. then they got, they got beat at home as well, like yeah. Colchstone. So Bob Roberts obviously ain't very happy. Yeah. What do you want? Why aren't I on the bench last night? Because yeah. I'm the manager and I make the decisions. Yeah. But it's the wrong one. I'm 16. Like, yeah. wrong one. Got it completely wrong because you lost. Like, he must be thinking. Who is he, this? He, said, he went, <laughs> right, right, he said, get out. Like, get out of my office. I went, well, I don't get it. And as I walked out, he said, he was on the, in his glass window, he said, he was on the bench because he can play more positions than you because he could play at right back. Yeah. It was just, he could play centre forward. Right, right. Mm. So he said, not that I have to answer to you. And as I walked out, I thought, yeah, but you did. You did now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. So and then, again, the season went on. And uh, in the old days, there was no playoffs. So if you're not in top four, used to go up, yeah. bottom four used to come down. Mm. So if you weren't in top four, you had no chance. Mm. There's a good chance if you're any good as a young player, there was nothing to play. We were about seventh or eighth. Anyway, so because of that, in April, I remember he put me in the first team squad. It goes out in the old days, a bit of paper, yeah. you know, from a notepad that went up on the yeah. um, board in the, in the dressing room. And I was in the squad. So then you used to meet at the George Hotel in Colchester. Uh, for a pre-match and that was I think probably my the only time you ever had a pre-match is when I was playing the reserves is it was a long reserve like if we were playing Wisbet I know a long trip yeah, yeah long yeah. trip you yeah. might get beans yeah. on toast or something but yeah. that was my first proper pre-match meal with the first team what did you have? Um, I had uh, beans on toast cornflakes first then uh, like beans on toast yeah and um, they weren't really paying attention. Really, I thought, oh, I'm in the squad. Great, I'm with the first team, mm. suit and tie, and all mm. that sort of stuff. And then I remember him like read Bobby Roberts reading out the team. You know, Mick Walker, the old um, Norwich and Everton manager. Mick Walker was in Cole, mm. had the most unmanageable uh, nickname I've ever seen in football. Right. He came. He lived in Bewers, which was just outside Sudbury, and his nickname was Bewers. Right. It's, not, it's, not, it's not exactly imaginative, isn't it? No. no. I think he managed to come from Catford or anywhere. Yeah. So, so he was in goal. Mickey Cook, he went Mickey Cook, um, Steve Wignall, Steve Wright. Um, I think it was Mickey Packer left back. And he went, it was always 4 4 2 in the, in the yeah. old days. Your memory about all this is really good, by the way. Well, no, because it's part of me. That's my football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. what I love doing. And he said. But I've had people in here who can't remember who their debut was against and stuff. Really? Yeah. Well, they must have been on something then because you cannot <laughs> not remember your debut. Yeah, right? well. And it was like uh, Tony Adcock was playing as a winger then, not as a forward because he was young. And he said, uh, and sent me a field, we go, uh, Roger Osborne, Perry Graves, Ian Anderson, who went on to play for Arsenal. Yeah. Up front, Kim Bremen, uh, Roman Donner. 
and I wasn't really paying attention. Right? And then Roy McDonald played up front. Roy McDonald, yeah, Did he? yeah, he was good, really good mate of mine. Me and like, I wasn't a drinker then. He was like one of the hardest men to ever play. Football. Yeah, the nicest man off the pitch. Right, one nicest men, softest off the yeah. pitch, on the pitch. If you took liberties, then he'd were you a bit scared of him? No, because your team. <laughs> no, no, because he he really helped me out as well as a senior player. He was only about 24, 25 then, mm. but he was the playboy senior player. So it was like play hard. You know, like yeah. drink hard, play hard, yeah. work hard, whatever. Yeah. And um, so when we walked out the George, there was a bit of a buzz, and someone someone said, "Congrats, well done, congrats." It's like that, and I weren't really paying attention. And then as we got we got to the um the first team dressing room at Lair Road, and then obviously the kits one to eleven all laid out, and your boots were always put on, and, and I just looked around and thought they were uh, Adidas World Cups, mm. like the classics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought. Number four, and I thought my boots are under number four, and I thought, oh my god, I'm playing. I, I didn't really yeah. take any notice of it because I wasn't playing. And then I said playing, so played obviously like sixteen. Um, Was it? Were you nervous? Yeah, you got to be. You know, but the thing is, as well, looking back, oh, I say the debut is your easiest game because it's a free, it's a free game. Yeah, yeah. If you're a young player, yeah. the fans. Want, want you to, to do well, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and if you make a few mistakes, go. Oh, hey, he's all right. They, they'll think about the good stuff rather than the bad stuff. Yeah. So, really, as a, as a debut, it's a free hit. I mean, if you're on, if you're coming in eighty five million quid, then maybe that might be sure, a little yeah. bit different. But yeah, but it's a free hit. And I remember playing midfield. I can remember playing quite well. Um, yeah. So it, and you had a good, you had a good time at Colchester. So you played a lot of time, one hundred and fifty odd, yeah, sixty two. Well, I got times. dropped. I got dropped. I played uh, the last nine games of that season um, with Rod Rodgers in centre midfield. Played the first 13 games of the next season in centre midfield. Alan Hunter became our manager. Mm-hmm. Um, the old um, Ipswich, like Northern Ireland, really another tough like man as well, was pretty good for me. And we lost the, the 13th game 2-1 away at Scunthorpe. And um, we were playing Southampton the next midweek. A massive game for culture. The biggest game that culture have had for probably 10 years. And Southampton had Pete Shilton, Alan Ball, Steve Williams. A good team there. Oh, good side, mm. yeah. Um, just like Peach, David Pitt, I think, was like mm. left back and just a real good team. And I think that's great. They were first division at the time. Great showcase for me. Mm. Playing in like a, a, a practice game and surely the coach just gave me like a, a different colour bib to the first team. And I'm like, I said, no, no, sorry. Sid, give me yeah, like, yeah. said, we're just trying a few things, like just like that. So I'm like, all right. So I just run around booting everybody because I would jump. And then yeah. thought I was going to play still, got to the game on the Tuesday night. Again, my, my boots are not on number four. And I'm looking, thinking I've got to be at least sub, not even sub. So wow. all, my, all my mates had come to watch me play. Oh, gutting. Yeah, and yeah. my dad, big game, Lair Road. Was a, the old, I don't know if you went. You've had I've never been to Lair Road. Yeah, no. you're lucky if you didn't get a disease to be fair. Yeah. Not <laughs> okay. but it was an old fashioned ground, wooden sure. stands and yeah. tight pitch. And I think there was about eight, 9,000 in, which was a big crowd then. We, I was used to playing in front of 1800s, 2000s. Right. And then my mate said they just saw me sitting up in the director's box with my sheepskin coat and like that, thinking, no, oh, he must be injured. And I was dropped. Gutting. And I've, it was supposed to be the biggest game in my life, dropped. And then I had my driving test the next day, fouled that. So that wasn't one of the terrible cover days exactly. for you. Yeah. How are you going? Yeah. Yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah. But then I got dropped. Didn't play um, for the rest of that season, playing in reserves. And then they wanted to get rid of me at the end of that season. I had a, they, they called me Cyril Lee, taken over as manager by then. Mm. And he was all about fitness and running and getting the ball forward. And, mm. and he said, Perry, we're going to let you go. And I said, well, I've got a year. I still had a year left. I had mm. a year left contract. So we're going to let you go. I went, 
And I was, it's ridiculous again. I was on a hundred quid a week. Mm. Right. I said, well, give me five grand then. Mm. And he went, what do you mean? I went, well, I'm, I'm not just going to go. Still got a year left. Got, yeah. uh, pay me off. He yeah. went, you flash little, get out of my office. He said, really? you'll never play for this first team again whilst I'm manager. Right. So then I played in reserves, played on the right wing, basically played for myself and got myself back into the first team. Yeah. And then started playing well and scoring a few goals. I think I got one, I got 12 one season and 15 the next which puts you in people's... Sure, like, and, in, and in September of 86, you moved to Arsenal for 50 grand. 75. What, 75, was it? Well, that's what George Graham told me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lesson about that, the better. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What sort of um, player did Arsenal get for for 50 or 75 grand? Um, massive desire. I may keep going about this desire thing. Yeah. But what do you think they signed you for? Why did they sign you? He, George Graham had seen me play for he was youth team manager at QPR mm. and he'd seen me play for culture youth team against QPR youth team on the old plastic pitch at Loftus Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had again a brilliant side. David Kerslake was one who came like mm-hmm. playing. They had about four or five England schoolboys. We had four full time ones and all the other lads were at college sort of thing. Right. We got battered seven nil. <laughs> and um, when I was sitting in his office, when I went to sign for Arsenal, he looked at me, George Graham, he said, I've, I've watched your career of interest. He said, oh, I can remember you as a 16 year old. Um, right playing in the youth team at Colchester against QPR. And I think, oh, I must have played well. He said, yeah, it was 7 I said, it was 7-0, that one. He went, yeah, 7-0. I said, didn't play. He said, no. He said, all you did is run around and moan. He said, all you did, you moaned at people. You moaned at yeah. your own teammates. You moaned at your coaches. You moaned at everybody. Yeah. I went, well, what's that? He said, no, it meant that you cared. He said, I could tell that you could play. He said, but when he was 5-0 down, 6-0 down, 7-0 down, I wasn't interested in the game anymore. I was watching you yeah. moaning at everybody, still trying to tackle, still trying Showing to the desire, desire yeah. again. Yeah. And he, he said, then obviously I got in the first one coach. So he tried to buy me when he was Millwall manager um, to play up front. Justin Fashion was playing up front for Millwall. Um, and he tried to buy me 40 grand and coach said no. And then I thought I was going to Crystal Palace because I'd been tapped up by Crystal Palace mm-hmm. before. And um, Alan Smith, the old Alan Smith, not my big nose, Alan Smith, yeah, favorite, yeah. but the, the coach Alan Smith had yeah. phoned me up. Steve Copper was the manager of, of Crystal Palace and said, um, we've, we're in the second division 
So it's a big jump. Again, fourth to second would be like a big mm. jump. We've been watching you play. We're having a new young team at Crystal Palace. Um, we're going to be vibrant. You know, We're going to be young players with desire and pace. Mm. We've just seen this young lad play up front. Uh, Sunday League football in South London called Ian Wright. Right, yeah. And I thought, what's he done? You know what I mean, yeah. where's he go? Right. Yeah. So yeah. they wanted me to play up front with him. And I thought, well, I can't play centre-forward. I can't hit a cow's backside of a banjo. Why do you want me to play centre-forward? Because yeah. I was quick. Yeah. Um, so when my financial advisor, John Hazel... And I don't know why I had a financial advisor, really, because he used to tell me what I could do with my money if I had some, even though I didn't, and then charge me for the privilege. But he was, he was yeah. brilliant. John Hazel was yeah. brilliant. He got my pension. And he phoned me up on September the 2nd and said, Perry, our culture had a bid in for you. It was 75 grand, I think it was. And he said, um, we got a bit hybrid on Thursday, which was like the September the 4th. I went, shut up, John. I said, I'm not going to ask. I'm going to Crystal Palace. Yeah. I know I'm going to Crystal Palace. And you're a big Arsenal fan, right? Huge, yeah. Like my family, Uncle Vic played, yeah. my dad. So this is a proud country. moment for you and your dad after all the work you put in. Yeah, but I didn't believe, I didn't think I was, <laughs> yeah. no, honestly, I thought I was going to Crystal Palace. Yeah. And I thought he was winding me up. So I got on the train, uh, on uh, Coach Sturg, got on the train. He said, right, when we get there, um, I've got, obviously what we can ask for. I sort of know their wage structure. You know, mm. we want a like, three-year contract. And he kept, I said, I've got to stop you there, John. I read, You're being really funny. <laughs> I play, I want to play for, like a Arsenal fan. Mm. I know I'm going to Crystal Palace. Mm. And I still didn't believe him. We end up going on the Piccadilly line to Arsenal, turn left out of our Tuesdays and turn right up yeah. out of own. And I said to him, pack it in. And in, But in my head, my, my weird brain, I just thought, I know what we're doing. It's a clandestine meeting. It's yeah. a South London club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm so going, you just couldn't believe it? No, no. So I walked up. Uh, Avenue Road and just looked at obviously like the marble, like, the main entrance at East yeah. uh, Stand or As whatever. it was then at Highbury, yeah. Yeah, and just, um, just looked. And then in the old days, they had a commissioner on the door at the Marble Halls called Nobby and you had all the regalia with the, yeah. like, the, the hat and the uh, braids and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And he said, good morning, Mr. Hazel. Welcome to Highbury, like that. And I thought, oh, he knows his name. I thought, oh, he knows his name because he's, it was George Graham's. Uh, so you're doing all these right. rhetorical gymnastics trying to get yeah. to the bottom of what you're And then he, there, then he yeah. went, uh, good morning, Mr. Groves. Uh, welcome to Highbury. I just thought, he knows my name. Yeah. Oh my God, he knows my name. And that's when it like clicked in and thought, no, this is... Would you have signed for any amount? Yeah. Wages? Uh, I, I can I negotiate. Yeah. By the way, I'm 150 quid a week at yeah. Coach United and they go, look, we'll give you... Go, no, I don't think so. Would you Would you have signed for 100 quid a week? A page a pay I wouldn't have been that stupid. No, I wouldn't have... <laughs> um, I probably would have signed for the same money, to Ooh. be honest. But I can remember him just sitting there and just being overwhelmed by the enormity of Highbury. Mm. And I've been there a few times before, obviously, to watch Ian Allison play, who gone from Colchester and then, like with my yeah. dad and whatever. And just going up the old marble halls, like the staircase mm. up the marble halls, and George Graham having this massive oak door, like the biggest oak door you've ever seen in his office at Highbury. And you know, like um, the Wizard of Oz, when when he met the wizard and he's got the biggest chair you've ever seen. Yeah, he's tiny. He was sat on the massive chair like it, that, yeah. and he put me on like a little milking stool. So he's sitting <laughs> up there. And... um and he, he went on about what I told you about QPR yeah. and saw me play. And yeah. he said, I'm restructuring. I remember the words. He said, I'm going to completely redefine and restructure this football club. He said, it's too complacent, too many big players on too much money who don't wait. He said, I'm putting the desire, the heart and the soul back into this football club. That's exactly what he said. So I've seen you play. Obviously, you followed your career. You've got massive desire, massive heart. He said, you're a bit raw, which obviously I was, you know, from yeah. fourth to... He said, yeah. we can smooth those edges off you. He said, but... I want you to be like part of Arsenal. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty. And I was his first signing, mm -hmm. which was a, normally your first signing is a huge statement, isn't it? Like, mm. so the fans go, wow, we mean business. Now. And yeah. it was like, who's this ginger 
Uh, did you, from Colchester. Did, did, did it get a lot of negative press then at the time? Not really. Do you know what? It just, I think it sort of, oh, by the way, Colch have signed. It was like under the radar. Uh, yeah, it was just like 75 yeah. grand. And even the fans would have been, was that it? Is that really like what we're doing? We're signing right. from Colch United. And it, he offered me 350 quid a week. Um, it was a three year contract. And I thought, oh my good God, three years. I'd only ever signed, felt my first contract when I was 17 because I'd signed early instead of having the last year of the apprenticeship. So 17 to 19, yeah. always a year, 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 because Culture United didn't know what money they had. Sure. So three-year contract, 350 quid a week, five grand uh, signed non-fee and 5,000 pound relocation. Um, so it means we want you to move closer to London. We'll pay yeah. for that for you. And um, I thought, oh my God, I can buy a yacht. I can buy a <laughs> No, I thought I was going from 150 yeah. to 350 it's a huge. I know it sounds ridiculous no, now. It's, you, it's a huge. It's a hundred and twenty percent pay rise. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm yeah. like, well, and, and again, it's not because of the money. You just think, this. I got a three year contract. But it didn't affect you in terms. It didn't make you complacent. No, it didn't make you comfortable. You still wanted to prove yourself because you loved Arsenal. Remember, I, I went from being in my in my th- probably Tony Adcock would you know not disagree, but he'd have something to say about it for being Coach United's best player hmm. to Arsenal's were in the first team. Arsenal's worst player because no one knows who I am. I'm, I'm gone to bottom but of the But do you think run. you were actually Arsenal's worst player? No, because what I mean is by that... Reputation, you mean? Yeah, because yeah. I'm no, I'm Billy Nobody, so mm. I go from being top of the ladder at Coach United mm. to bottom of the ladder at Arsenal because you've got to prove yourself again. No one knows you. I remember finding my dad up from the telephone box right outside Highbury and, finding, and he thought I was going to Crystal Palace mm. and phoning him up the old... Uh, you know, for the Tempe young ones the out gym. there, Tempe yeah. in the, like yeah. the pay, uh, pay phone, whatever, doing the, come around yeah. that go, all right, dad, he said, all right, boy. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, let it go. I said, I've just signed for Arsenal. And he went, off. I went, even my dad didn't believe me. Right? I went, <laughs> no, dad, I have. He yeah. went, he went silent. I went, dad, I've made it. He went, no, you ain't. Yeah. He said, you've just started. Yeah. I went, yeah. All right. He said, you, you got to start. You're bottom now. of rung. Yeah. You're bottom yeah. of rung. And how do you remember? What do you remember your first day training at Arsenal? Must it was on a. Moment. It was it was really strange because I signed on the Thursday. Arsenal were playing uh, Spurs on the Saturday, like local derby, and David Pleat was the manager of um, Spurs at the time. Yeah. So the gaffer said, um, "Go home, get all your boots, whatever. Come back and train with the first team on the um, Friday morning because the reserves had a game, but I." I, I They'd already named their team in the reserves. Yeah. He said, so I just trained with the first team. He said, but don't get used to it because you ain't going to be in the first team squad for a while. You, you know, just, but. So I remember then when on a, on a Friday, George Gramois did the same thing. He did some team shape. He did your warm-up, did your team shape, did set pieces, and then did like a little five-a-side at the end of it. And I remember feeling really nervous because you think everybody's looking at you, even in like the warm-up, even in the set, in the shadow play. Who was the biggest name player at the time there? Charlie Nicholas would have been. Cool. Yeah. Champagne um, Charlie. Champagne Charlie, exactly, yeah. 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 So, um, Are you set up in the League Cup final, is that right? Yeah, he never yeah. thanked me. He got a two-year contract for that. He was on his <laughs> yeah. way out the door. No, he was. He was on his way out the door. And you did all the hard work as yeah. well. And yeah. he, he did, he had an identity crisis for about two, he thought he was Bono for two years. Yeah. Same Barnet and whatever. He still got the earring. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, I don't know, it's a bit old, isn't it? For <laughs> it's you, not for me to say. No, it's not, anyway, <laughs> but he's Charlie Nicholas, so he can get yeah, away with it, can't he? Yeah, but, yeah. So um, he was the one who was like... He know. was the big star, and then I can remember turning up for training, and there was uh, Viv Anderson, Kenny Sansom, uh, Graham, all like established, English big players, internationals, English. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Steve Williams, like big stars. Was the standard notice to be different? Yes, quicker, quicker, sharper. They thought quicker. They knew what I was going to do before the ball cut. They it, even in the little five-a-side that I played in, it was, I was breathing out my backside and it was only a five-a-side because mm. it was, 
very, very quick, very, very sharp. Did you ever think you weren't going to be good enough? No. No, I, I didn't. I just really enjoyed it. I'd yeah. really, uh, you know, you get over the nerves and even playing, in, oh, I was nervous because mm. they're judging you, but you cool. always get judged. It, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, I've said, I'm Harry Maguire, 88, you're still getting judged. Yeah. You're still getting judged in training and what you do. I can remember taking corners with David Rowcastle um, and the gaffer liked a right footer taken from left to either to ping it into the near post or bend it in. Do you know what I mean? We were yeah. very good on set pieces. And um, I can remember just every, because it's like being a new kid at school with a bag of sweets, like yeah. me and uh, Rocky, and I'd heard of him playing England under 21s and he was the next big thing coming through. Yeah. Brilliant bloke, really Really made me feel really welcome. And him taking a couple of really bad corners. And I was going, that's a great corner, mate. Excellent. I said, it's not, no movement in front there. Right like that. And he must be thinking, what are you on about? I just wanted to be his friend. Yeah, of course. Okay, and then right. I took a couple of corners and pinged him into the yeah. like, near posts. And I just thought, that's, that, that, that settled you down a yeah, bit. Yeah, but it gives you, I know it's stupid and you're only taking corners, but then the yeah. other players will look at me thinking, well, I wonder if he can put it at the near post or whatever. So, yeah. and then... I remember David Pleat having that training session and then turning up for the game the next day. I wasn't involved at all, just come watch the game. Mm. And I remember him coming into the marble halls and me just standing there getting my, my comp tickets, whatever, to watch the game. I remember him coming and she said, young man, said Perry, congratulations. Like shook my hand. He went, been looking at it for a long time, long, long time. He said, if George hadn't, he was with like the gaffer, he said, he hadn't bought you. I would have. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, and I just went, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. No, not. And he, he taught what I went, well, you had the chance. Yeah. Like, Did you? I'm quite... You were quite cocky then. Yeah, yeah, even then. Yeah. You think, oh, shut up. Don't give me the... I hate it when people come up and say... Oh, this is what I would have Always done. fancied you. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. knew he was going to make After it. After timing, basically, yeah. And when even your manager now go, yeah, we looked at him. We could have bought him. Yeah. As if to make... We're, they're aware of the talent. Or whatever you think, yeah. well, if you could, you, you should have done it. Then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and you went in quite... I mean, I think I'm right in saying you went from... Colchester in 86 to winning the League Cup in 87. So probably in under a year, you've gone from that to winning a bit of silverware. That must have been quite a turnaround for you. For it you. was, it, looking back, when you're in it, you don't think it's that, because you're just playing, aren't you? Yeah, just of course. Doing stuff. Yeah. But I remember watching Kenny Sansom. So from fourth division to winning the League Cup in under yeah, a year, basically. And, yeah, and Arsenal hadn't won a trophy since 1979. Mm -hmm. The League Cup was a big trophy back then because we are bound sure. from Europe. So you can only win the League, which Arsenal weren't going to do, FA Cup or League Cup. League mm. Cup was huge. Mm. And I can remember just thinking at the end, of, uh, when we'd won it, and about middle of April, because I think, I might be wrong, I think it was April the 6th, was the final. It was 4th or the 6th, it was one of the, one of the two. Mm. And um, I think it was the 6th, actually. And sitting there, and you got a replica of the Little Woods, when you won it, you got a replica of the Little Woods Cup trophy. So, yeah. right. And you're looking at it thinking, in the summer, I was watching my captain, Kenny Sanson, playing the World Cup. Yeah. Thinking... Not even thinking, thinking, wow, playing in the World Cup. What player hand he of was, God. by the way. Yeah, Kenny, I think him and Ashley Cole, probably the great, the two, I, I know Arsenal fans want to hear it, but yeah. it, I know what Ashley Cole didn't go down well, but he was still a brilliant player. Yeah. Right? And I think Kenny Sansom, there's not a lot between them two. Kenny Sansom had a longer throw, so I might go for Kenny to be fair. Yeah, but, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Him playing for England in the 80s, and then like winning the League Cup with him as the captain. And and you played a part in the final, as we've already mentioned. Yeah, well, the thing is, I'd been injured. It's, it was between me or Ian Allenson, who was going to be... There was two, it was the first time that there was ever two subs. So they experimented that season in the League Cup with yeah. two subs. And Ian had done really... He'd scored um, at White Hart Lane. Massive goal, because we'd lost 1-0 at home in the first leg. And I played the whole game, but done my ankle. Won the next two at White Hart Lane, won the next one, two, one. And then they flipped a coin where he was going to play. And it was back at White Hart Lane again. Won that one, two, one. And Ali scored one of the, like, the really important goals. Mm -hmm. 
and it was it's always a difference between winning one nil home and, and losing sorry losing one nil home and winning two one away. So yeah. that's, that's a difference I made. Mm. So um, <laughs> and it was between me and him who was going to be the 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 other substitute, yeah. and I got it in front of uh, Al. And you made a Allison. difference. He justified the manager's selection. Yeah, he just went. Uh, it was red hot day, and Liverpool as well. It made it a massive final, and Arsenal fans thought we're back because it was against Liverpool, who were the best team in the country. Hmm. Probably, even though we're bound from Europe, probably the best team in Europe as well. Even hmm. back in those days, like oh, they're an incredible side. Yeah, Alan yeah. Hansen, like at the back with Steve McMahon in like centre midfield. Yeah. Rush, it was his last game yeah. up front, and they went one 0 up, and every and they'd never lost when Ian Rush had scored. Right, and everybody says to me, "Did you think about it? You think?" No, not really. Don't really don't think, really about, think about that, about that thing. We exactly you're <laughs> yeah. a bit consumed by other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and I remember it was one all. Uh, Charlie had scored uh, quite a scruffy goal, like to equalise. And then I remember the gaffer just saying, like, pointing me said, "Groves, you're going on." I think it was about I don't know twenty minutes to go. Where it was, mm. and he said, "Look," he said, "the two centre halves are breathing out their backsides." He mm. said, "Gary Gillespie's not a right back. He's normally a centre half." That's right. Yeah. He said, "All I want you to do," he said, "when we get it," he said, "like Quinny was playing up front." He said, um, "He obviously Quinny come off." Charlie stayed on. He said, when we get it, he said, all I want you to do is come. I said, I want you spinning in the channel. Just spinning in the channel. He said, they're breathing out the backsides. I want you getting in behind. I want you to stretch. It's the last thing they want, a quick player like you come Well, to be fair to Alan Hansen, to be fair to him, he did say, because he'd known, obviously, that I was really quick. And I'd played 22 games at the beginning when I got in the team. Graham Ricks got injured. He was a left winger. And George Graham pulled me in. He went, he said, uh, Ricks got injured. Hmm. He said, can you play left wing? Right. I went, yeah, of course I can. Yeah. So I played 18 months of coach. I'd never played there in my life before. <laughs> so I got in the team. You get away with that back in those days because they yeah, wouldn't have seen no, it. No, exactly, yeah. 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 So um, so I made my dad, we went 22 unbeaten. So I played some left wing, some right wing, and he played me up front with Quinny. Mm. And we went 22 unbeaten. And then uh, I've got injured or we lost. So I got dropped, got myself back in. And he just said, get in behind. And Alan Hansen said, the last thing you want and any defender wants in the last 25 minutes of a game, when it's, even if it's not warm, but when you're breathing quite heavy, you don't think, oh no, I don't want a runner. Or oh, anything course, else yeah. apart from runner. So that's why I, when I'm looking at games, I do the co-commentaries for TalkSport. If I see someone who's quick on the bench, say, look, this is the time to put them on now. Because, yeah. and that's what you want. And then Kenny Sansom hoofed the ball up the, um, the left wing. Yeah, yeah. I made it into a pass. It was a hoof. Like, <laughs> and you just think it was the best left back in the yeah, no, but it was a hoof. It was under pressure. <laughs> so I just bent my run, and I can remember as the ball went down the left touchline, you get a, you get a fit when you're playing football. Sometimes you get a feeling of where people are. You don't actually see them. You just get this feeling. Yeah. And I had this feeling that Gary Gillespie was coming in from my right hand side, hmm. and. He dinked it past him. Yeah, well, I thought he's going to. He sold himself to be fair. Exactly, but I it thought, was a tired challenge, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I thought he's going to. He's not going to want to run me again. It goes through very quickly for your mind. Yeah. I thought he's going to dive in, and I thought if I and I flipped it as he sort of slid in. I think he's still going for a coffee. And a, yeah, it looked really like, good, Perry. Out. I have to say, it, it looked really I good. I just flipped it over him and then cut in. Hmm. If I was on the right hand side, I'd have shot. But because sure. on the left hand side, yeah, my left foot is my weaker foot. Yeah, and well, I you looked, scored a few of your left, didn't you? Yeah, but that was without thinking. Yeah, okay. I had time to think. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good finishers are brilliant finishers when they've got time to think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. that, that's when your clinical stuff comes. But that in. wasn't you. That, that was wasn't me you. at all. I wasn't a natural finisher anyway. Not no. natural. And I was, as I was running through, I was thinking, am I going to shoot? And I thought, no. I think, nah. Again, it's go for your head. No, don't shoot, you idiot. You said, <laughs> like, left footed, it could go anywhere. Yeah. So I thought, and I looked, and Charlie was on the in, inside of him. I just thought, right, I'll roll it to him. And to make a change for me, the part, the pace of the pass was quite good. It just yeah. like rolled into him and he hit it. And there was like 15 deflections. Yeah. Went, bom, 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 bom. Yeah, yeah. And then Bruce Grubb went around and he pinballed in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That was the end of the Arsenal fans. Well, at that end. Yeah. So, and that like, was history. 
Went bazo. Yeah, you did. And 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 how do you look back on your time at Arsenal? Because of course, the famous uh, Michael Thomas um, league title, and you, you won two league titles there. And there's a lot was made the drinking culture and all the yeah. rest of it. And you've spoken about that in the past. Yeah. How do you look back on on your time at Arsenal? Um, privileged, um, honoured, uh, a little bit humbled as well because sometimes it's a zeitgeist thing, right? Right, right, right place, right, right time, time, right yeah. manager. Yeah. George Graham, which, which is you and I am trying to do now, change the culture, yeah. you know, get the high earners out, get the mm. young. And if you think as well, George Graham, we wouldn't be at the Emirates if it wasn't for him because he put that winning mentality back in. If you sure. think the young players that he put in into the side, going from Tony Adams to Dave Rokos to Michael Thomas, Paul Merson, do you know what I mean? Martin Hayes, Niall Quinn, and then going to get players from lower leagues like Kevin Richardson, Steve Bold, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Alan yeah. Smith. The recruitment was amazing. Um, unbelievable. And you know what he used to do? He, he, when I spoke to him a couple of times, before the internet in those days, people forget the internet didn't yeah. work. Right. Yeah. He used to get his secretary, Sheila, all the papers from around the country, the local football. So in, in, in East Anglia, it was called the Greenan. Yeah. I think in Manchester, it was the Pinkan yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. or Liverpool Pinkan. Get yeah. her to get all of those sent to him on a Monday. He used to read all of the reports of all. the lower leagues and just see who scored, who was getting good reports, then phone up the local reporter and say, right, see this lad, say it was Tony Adcock, who's this lad, what's he like, Tony Adcock? And phone up the reporter who'd seen him play all wow, the time. Okay. So he's using it almost like a scout in there. And then send the scouts to go and watch him. So, right. um, and I look back as well, like a, a, a period of time where, if you'd have said to me, when I wanted to be a professional football, one, I did it, I'm become a professional football, it was great. And I got paid, which is, um, I hate all these people moaning now about the pressure and, yeah. you know, but you're getting paid to do something that you love doing. You're yeah. in a very, very privileged position of probably yeah. 1% of the... Do you think people forget about that too yeah. often? Yeah. And I think with agents in their ear holes, they yeah. forget. They don't conduct self. We have Cashelny not conduct self prop like an idiot, basically. Yeah. And you think, whoa, you're doing something that people will give both their arms for, not one yeah. right arm, both yeah. their arms for. And I look back and you said to me at the end of your career, you said it finished at 30. It was 28 already because I snapped my kid's tendon, which was... Sorry, Southampton fans, waste of money. I've said it before, but yeah. didn't mean to snap me kid his tendon. No. But if you'd said to me, by the way, at the end of it, one, you'd have had a minute playing for Arsenal in a first team game. Yeah. I'd have gone, that'll do me. Then playing over, I think it was over 200 games or it was with cup games and whatever. Of course. Then winning a, a major trophy. Then winning, being on the pitch at the most iconic game that has ever been. Everybody says about, obviously, the Aguero, Aguero moment. Yeah. That, that's nowhere near the um, Michael 89 Thomas, Michael yeah. Thomas nowhere yeah. near it because they could win they'd won the FA Cup they could win the title we're going to Anfield I mean that decoy run you made I took the whole back four and you know your coaching badges Luke. You yeah, know, yeah. I took the whole yeah. back four but again but I know we're probably running out of time yeah. but that that me being on the pitch there as an Arsenal fan watching that happen in slow motion where yeah. it goes down and then the best winning, seat in the house yeah, exactly yeah, yeah and without paying yeah. and then <laughs> uh, being part of the squad that had only lost one game and won the title in mm. 1990-91, which that team is very, very underrated, by the way, doesn't yeah. get mentions. And playing, I think I played 13 full games that year and 19 as sub. So apart from the back four, I was the one who was involved in. If you'd have said to me, that's what you're going to do, I'd have gone, really? Dream, dream stuff, are, you yeah. kid, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Like, and people say, oh, you finished at 28 in your pro. I went, no, no, no. I think about from 16 to 28, the 12 years, yeah. not the years that I could have had. Of course, I mean? you, yeah, you think yeah. About, but even even then, you said um, about your Arsenal time. I knew my role was to run around and be a bit of a nuisance. That was it. But then, what it was, run around, be a bit of a nuisance. Know your job. There's too many players now that think they're better than what they are, and don't do what they're putting the team to do. Mm. I mean, that's being very basic about it because you still have to know where to run, when to run. Your touch has to be half decent. 
Um, and but know what your role is. Don't overlap. And I I can remember even when I was playing on the wing, I used to come inside and George Ramsey. You come Get inside once. Here. You yeah. come inside once more. I know it's the fashion now is for wingers to come inside. Well, that was always seen as like the coward's way out, wasn't it? Coming inside because you, you wouldn't try and beat your man exactly. and get a crossing. Yeah. And he used to teach me. He said, "Look, they know you're quick. Whatever. If he shows you inside, knock it inside past him and go." He said, yeah. "Don't." I remember doing a foot over, Michael Flatley foot over once, like fingers yeah. like that. And he he, he just he Got said, two "Whoa, weeks stop it!" He said, "What are you doing? <laughs> you're not good enough to do that." <laughs> really? said, what you do is you get it up to the you go on the you tack the inside shoulder, you knock it on the outside because you yeah. try and get them turned, and you use yeah. your pace. He yeah. said, "Don't be doing that. If you yeah. do it, you're going to get the hook." So you look back on it as a, as a dream time, really. And I've got to ask you very quickly because you're right, we are running out of time. But I do need to ask you: you're you're a guy who went and played for your, your your dream club. You're a cult hero there. You're very popular there now. You're on cloud nine, winning trophies. When you had to retire at 28 and you couldn't play football anymore, 30, 30, okay, two but, years, no, 28. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you didn't really play beyond no, 28 no, months, no, you, okay, so you retire at 30. Yeah. We've we've seen athletes now look back, professional athletes, and say it was very hard, if not impossible, to replace that buzz, to replace that lifestyle. You've gone with somebody right up there to right down there very, very quickly. Yeah. How difficult did you find that to cope with? Um, looking back, I don't think I I did because the realisation is trying to get back fit. You know, it, yeah. it, it was, I was struggling, struggling, So you were struggling. almost putting it off. Yeah. Yeah. But then, when t- then basically what I did was I got drunk for a year, tried to find myself, and then every time I turned up at the wine bar, I'd already left. So that put me in front. <laughs> right. And then... Um, did it hit you hard though? Is that why you were drinking? No, I don't think so. I, I think that's an easy excuse. I, I just thought, I discovered Friday night. I never had Friday night. All my mates were going out drinking at five o'clock on a Friday. And what? So despite your character, you were still very dedicated about not going out. And yeah, all you stuff. didn't do that. All this rubbish, you know, like the drinking culture at Arsenal, the, the Tuesday yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And people saying, oh, that they were hungover in the game on a Saturday. Or yeah. It's a load of rubbish. No, they weren't. You can't play top level football being hungover. Trust right. me, it doesn't work. So you would you'd confine your, your booze Tuesday, into... maybe a Wednesday-ish, but not normally if you was married, you went home, you had to make your way home on the Wednesday because you couldn't get away with <laughs> Like two nights. Can't no get away nights. with that now at all, by the way, now. No, no, no. chance. But yeah. everybody was doing it. It wasn't just Arsenal were doing it. Yeah. We were just a lot better at it than anybody. Yeah, but, okay. But everybody, if you think of the t- the big teams back in there, Liverpool, they had a big drinking squad when they were in the 80s. Man United, famous. Man United had yeah. a huge drink. Everton went with yeah. Peter Reid. It was just part of it. It was part men. of the culture. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I'm not one of these ones who look back and think, poor me. So I think, right. I, I, and then um, I got divorced, which was my fault completely. And then you go from thinking I'd sort of retired at sort of 32, 33, because I got an insurance payoff from Southampton, which I won't go into it. It's a battle and battle and battle for that. But mm. and then thinking, well, I've got divorced, I've got two young boys. I've now got to go and the real world. Mm. I've got to pay for my boys. So I've mm. got to go and get a job. So I went and got a job in direct sales from my mate's firm, who was doing the fruit flavour water and flapjacks and all that stuff. So didn't have time really. So it was you, it was just like a, you, you approached it in almost a practical way. You didn't have time to think about the, the implications on your mental health. Or you no. just like, look, I've got to do this. I've now got to go and earn. I'm off to go and earn. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. It was like, I had a great time. That yeah. was fantastic. Can't believe it. You don't, you know, sit back and think how great you've done, whatever. You just think, oh, that was amazing. And then I'm lucky enough to do the media now, which again is such a privilege. You mm. or you're in the media yourself. We yeah. talk about football. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? So it's a great job. We've yeah. talked sport. I did some five live talks. When I, but I, I was in the real world for like eight years doing direct sales and franchises and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So when I people moan now, if I anybody moan about football, you know what they're going to say, don't do it. Yeah, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Bugger yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Go and get, which I say, a normal job, which yeah. you work from nine till five or whatever. You've got to worry about your bills, you work about mortgage. And anybody whinges, I have no truck with them at all, even if yeah. they're injured or they've been dropped or, you know, I'm like, no, no, you don't mm. realise. Mm. 
please don't moan. Please don't. Please realise how lucky you are. Maintain perspective, basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and now you're doing what I think is an absolutely amazing idea, which is this play with a legend thing where... Which you founded, right? Yes, uh, it was yeah. a job. Josh Landy was... I worked with him with uh, this... Um, satellite TV channel called uh, Sports Night Live and we yeah. got on really well and then he asked me to play in a uh, one of his mates was getting married in a, in a stag event yeah. at Chesham uh, Football Club yeah. Nigel Winton all Arsenal fans Nigel Winton one side uh, myself and the other so I went and played had a few beers with him in the bar afterwards had a good laugh still got your pace or when, uh, you sit a bit deeper as you go <laughs> thing is it's easy to go and play the easiest position in the world to go and play is right back yeah. Trust me, honestly, because no one marks you. Yeah. You're all right. Yeah. And you just let your winger go and I hope your goalkeeper gets it. He throws it to you and then you're off. So yeah, right. okay. Um, and then played another few five-a-sides for him. And then Josh went off to Australia for about two or three months working. He come back and I was rung him up, said, I need a meeting with you. And we both met and we both basically at the same time said, there's a business idea in here somewhere. Mm. So what we did was we've got, I think it's about 120 players now where you have parties, you know, where it's stags, 18th, whatever they are, you know, 30th. The players that we've got ranges from like the players who've just retired, like sort of Teddy Sheringham and uh, Darren Anderton, Andy Cole, to old has-beens like myself, mm. you know, um, just trying to think players like uh, Graham Roberts and that sort of thing. The reason I think it's a great idea is because I it's something, just as a football fan, and obviously I'm over the age now where I've probably been to quite a lot of the stag weekends I've been on, but if I was to go one and someone said, oh, we're doing a game with a load of players like Teddy Sherry, I'll, I'll be all over that. It, it's it, a, well, such a good idea. Thing, and it happens, it's not even just like all the high-end players, it could be Cheltenham Town. Yeah. It could be a fan of Cheltenham who his favourite player was a centre-forward, we can get them. Yeah. And it's the wow factor because the, the people don't know that they're turning up. Yeah, so then okay. you go, so you play for an hour with five, six, nine, but you always have to stay at least for an hour, hour and a half afterwards for a, have a few beers, tell the stories, what's going on. Hard chip, isn't it for and, you? But all the lads, yeah, exactly. But all the lads <laughs> are really good lads. But now that, that worked brilliantly and we had a lot of publicity, it was brilliant, but now it goes into uh, afternoon speaking, into yeah. corporate events, into brand ambassadors, into betting ambassadors, mm-hmm. anything that anybody wants a prof- an ex-professional football for, mm-hmm. we We've, we've got them, basically. We get them. So it's really a lot of brand, branched out into something maybe we didn't think it was going to do. And so you've gone from being a professional player at the top of the game, Perry, to an entrepreneur? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't, I say, I wouldn't say it was Dragon's Den. No. <laughs> I think you're on very entrepreneurial. No, it's, it, Josh, it, it was both our ideas. So I don't want to, you know, Fair say, enough. yeah, so... He's the brains. Yeah. Um, I'm the uh, link man. You're the glamour, mate. You're the glamour. I'm the, I'm the link. How, quickly then, before you, before you go, um, how, how do you look back on your football career? Do you, I mean, is there any regrets at all about not playing for England, for example? Or do you think that you... Because you said before, playing for Arsenal was, was equivalent to playing for England for That's you better. anyway. Better for you. No, okay. it's, it's got to, if it's your club, hmm. it's better because you're doing it every, every day, all the time. I mean, playing for England is the pinnacle because yeah. someone thinks at that time you're yeah. part of the best 11 or 22 or 23 or it is. Sure. But... But playing f- for your club has a more a more of a the, the, your boyhood club has a more emotional attachment because you're a fan playing. Yeah. You know so, I mean? so even with the the, the 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 career being cut a bit short, um, you still you're one of these sort of uh, I suppose very rare players that can look back and say, Do you know what, I haven't really got any regrets. I, I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. I won league titles. I played for the team I supported as a boy, and I achieved a lot more than I'd ever dreamed I would. You know, the thing, yeah, because regrets is a negative emotion. Hmm. I'm, I'm more like, that was brilliant. How yeah. fantastic was that? What's right next? Now, what, what am I doing next? And yeah. The only thing, again, I said to my boys, I might lack ability in certain things, but one thing that I'll never lack is the desire and the effort and application. Mm. Because if something goes wrong, you do or media stuff now, whatever. Mm. If, I do, if I'm on air and I do like, media, if it's with, uh, doing co-commentaries or Jim White show, whatever, if I get something wrong or something goes wrong, 
if I've prepared beforehand and it's just a mistake, I won't beat myself up because mm. I would think, oh, I think, oh, you idiot, right? But at least I've done the prep first. It's just one of everybody makes mistakes. It's yeah. just what happens, especially the keyboard warriors nowadays. You make a mistake, you could make things up 15, 20 years ago on the radio. No one with facts, stats, and figures. Yeah. No one now. It's like, oh no, I think you'll find that yeah. uh, he got fifteen goals in. <laughs> we both games. know what that's like, right? Yeah, yeah. So that comes on. If I if I hadn't done the prep and the application, then I'll be beside myself. I would right. be beside myself. So I just make sure I don't make myself feel like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I make sure yeah. that everything's... What you'll always get from me, hopefully the quality will be good, yeah. but you'll always get 100, but that, that's it. And that's why you're so popular at Arsenal. Well, maybe, yeah. I think what's happened in the long run, Arsenal fans look back and think, if I played for Arsenal, I'd have to play like Perry played because there was never going to be Dennis Bergkamp or never going to be Thierry yeah, Henry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if it's your fan in a shirt... Then whether I played well, some days I'd give Stuart Pearce to run around. Other days my nan could mark me. It's yeah. like one of those things up and down. But again, no one could ever fault my effort. That yeah. was the thing. And Arsenal fans then look back and think, do you know what he did? He ran around. He tried really hard and he had a decent amount of ability as well. He had a long throw as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Fred. I appreciate your time. Luke's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. This was a Stakhanov production.